No event exposes South Africa's fault lines like Marikana. Ten years later, it's time to revisit that stain on South Africa's history. Let's get started. The Cizwe Mbofu Welsh Experience Podcast. Spread the fire. Welcome back to SMWX. If you're new around here, my name is Dr. Cizwe Mbofu Walsh, and on this channel, the Cizwe Mbofu Walsh Experience, or SMWX, we explore South African politics through interviews and analysis. Marigana, the 10-year commemoration of that South African travesty, is upon us. And I wanted to take some time to revisit Marigana, think it through, and also explore where we are in terms of Marikana today. Because achieving justice for those who are the victims of that tragic event is still far from certain. So in this video, first I'd like to take a look at the legal battle concerning Marikana and look where things are. And then after that, take a step back, zoom out, and explore what Marikana is a metaphor for when it comes to South African society. So let's get started. The Cizwe Mbofu Welsh Experience, SMWX. After the Farlam Commission, which was the commission of inquiry set up to explore Marikana, there were a number of recommendations about police being charged for potential attempted murder or even murder. There were recommendations about politicians and there was an expectation that there would be accountability and action. But as is so often the case, sadly, 10 years later, we are yet to see true accountability for the events at Marikana. And we can think of what's happening as running along three parallel tracks. So the first track relates to accountability for the police officers who are involved in the 34 deaths that occurred on the 16th of August that day. Then there's a second track, which is about the state paying damages to the people who were arrested. Remember, minors were arrested for going on strike and through the law of common purpose, the state said that they had been responsible for the deaths of the other people they were striking for. So they were arrested. There were a number of minors who weren't killed but who were injured. And there was a massive civil claim, basically wanting money for the damages caused. And that is still ongoing. And then there's a third track, which is about the liability of the private parties. So when it comes to these civil claims, would it be the state that's paying? Would it be lawnmen that's paying? Or would it be uh, other individuals, among them Cyril Ramaphosa? And on that track, the third track, which is about lawnmen and Cyril Ramaphosa paying damages, uh, in addition to the state, there's also still much to be done. So let's look at these in a bit more detail. The first and the saddest one is the one about police being charged for the deaths of the 34 striking mine workers. What we have seen is virtually nothing happening in 10 years on that score. The National Prosecuting Authority simply hasn't done what it needs to do to get cases to court to make sure that people are prosecuted. And this follows a familiar pattern in South Africa where we hope for accountability, we hope for justice, we hope for something to happen, but nothing ever seems to actually materialize. And so in terms of holding 
police accountable, as came out of the Marikana Commission, as I think many people would hope for with uh, an event as tragic as Marikana, we have still seen very little in the way of prosecutions or any kind of legal justice for those who actually pulled the triggers on that day. In terms of the claims and the money for injured and arrested mine workers and their families and some of the surviving spouses of Marikana mine workers and widows, um, there is some progress and this is probably the area where there's been the most progress. So the arrested mine workers have been able to get financial compensation. The injured mine workers, and remember these injuries are often very terrible injuries. Uh, for example, one of the injured mine workers still has a bullet in their body um, to this day. For those injured mine workers, there is an ongoing lawsuit, funny that it doesn't really get uh, reported much in, in mainstream media, but there's an ongoing lawsuit to make sure that they get the compensation which they believe is due to them. And the state has actually accepted liability. What does that mean? The state accepts that it has to pay a certain amount of money to those people who are injured. The only remaining question is how much. And there are about 54 of these injured mine workers, and about half of them have already agreed the amounts and the other half are in court this very month, August 2022, to make sure that those amounts are agreed. So I suppose if there's one silver lining, then the civil claims and the state's acceptance of liability would be, would be the one. And let's hope that those uh, compensation awards are just and equitable. But then that's what the government has agreed to pay. What about Lundman or what turned into uh, Sibanye, because Lonman kind of evolved and changed its shape and new owners came in. What about the private party that was ultimately where the striking actually happened? Well, there's a case um, against that entity, that, that company, to pay damages again to those who were injured, arrested, and compensate the families of those who died. And Cyril Ramaphosa is part of that, that claim as well in his role as a director of Lonman. And that case has been held up basically on legal technicalities. But I would say by the end of this year, we will know whether there will actually be a trial where we see whether those parties should be actually held liable and whether they will have to pay additional money. We may even see President Cyril Ramaphosa having to go into the witness box and explain his actions around uh, Marikana. And that's something that I think would be welcome, given that we don't just want the state to fork out money and leave private parties, major corporations, individuals who may have been involved uh, to get off scot-free. So those are the three legal tracks that we need to keep our eye on, even 10 years after Marikana, to make sure that justice and accountability are seen. The Caesar Mbofu Walsh Experience, SMWX. So let's zoom out of the immediate crisis and look at what Marikana represents more broadly. Because 10 years after Marikana, it's important to reflect on what it means for South Africa with the benefit of hindsight. I think the first thing that Marikana represents for me is the way that we are addicted to commissions of inquiry which never actually yield or bear fruit. 
The scholar Ashil Mbembe puts it perfectly when he says that commissions of inquiry are there to bury that which is too explosive to confront. And so it seems often in South Africa when there's something that's just too much for us to handle, too much for us to try and deal with via the normal channels of police, justice, making sure that people are held accountable, we turn to the commission of inquiry. And in fact, the historian Pramesh Lalu has traced this back all the way to colonial times when, for example, the Tosa King Hinza was decapitated, had his head cut off. And there was a commission of inquiry which looked into this and nothing ever came of it. Right into apartheid where there were many different commissions of inquiry to try and sweep the evils of apartheid under the rug. Into democracy with the Truth and Reconciliation Commission the Marikana Commission, most recently the State Capture Commission. We love this idea of creating a commission because it seems as though something is being done, but all too often we neither get justice nor accountability and commissions are used as these spectacles or places where people go to watch something that never actually result in people being held accountable for serious evils and serious wrongs. And sadly, Marikana and the Marikana Commission, I think, fall into that pattern of South Africa attempting to overcome something by setting up a commission, but that commission never really delivering on its promise. And this is something we need to think about going forward, having just gone through like however many years of the State Capture Commission. Surely it's time to stop just doing these commissions and actually just trying to get the state, the criminal justice system, the economy working rather than outsourcing this to a commission. And I think Marikana is one of those instances in which we've seen the limitations of the commission of inquiry as an instrument to produce justice. The other thing that Marikana, I think, shows, having spoken about state capture, is actually that state capture firstly goes way back long before just the Zuma presidency and extends long after it and is a much more complex phenomenon than we understand. It's a much more complex thing than, than we often understand. And I think Marikana gives us insight into the way that private interests, corporations, those who have money and power are able to influence the government and the state to get what they want. And this relationship, this uh, despicable marriage between capital and the state in South Africa, which also traces back all the way to about date colonialism, is evidenced in Marikana. Because what did we have? We had this massive mining company where there were striking mine workers who said that they wanted 12,500 rands per month, which was completely in accordance with market rates all around the world. Instead of simply paying and having made massive profits, paying those, those increases, or at least engaging in good faith with, the, faith with the workers. The company called up the police and said, we've got these workers that don't want to go away. And what did the police do? Far from siding with the workers, it sided with the big mining company and actually killed 34 striking mine workers. Now, at the heart of that moment were also a number of ANC politicians who were also at the same time on the boards of these companies and specifically on the board of Lonman sat uh, former president Cyril, uh, former, well, you can always hope, 
in terms of Lonman, the company where Marikana happened, you had current president Cyril Ramaphosa, who wasn't president then, who, but he was a senior ANC member who sat on the NEC. So he wore an ANC hat, but he was also a director of Lonman. And so he, he straddled these two worlds, the world of big money and the world of big political influence. And in his role there, he tried to exert influence. The extent of that will still be determined by courts, etc. So one shouldn't necessarily prejudge the full extent, but ultimately he tried to exert his influence in both of those worlds to get an outcome for Lonman and his private interests. And this is not necessarily just about Cyril Ramaphosa or, or any particular politician. It's about the way that there is an uncomfortable unity between money and politics in South Africa, um, across political parties, across different companies, that frustrates the deeper goals to overcome the legacy of apartheid, to have a more just economy, to deliver basic services, etc. So I think Marikana ultimately showed us 10 years ago the terrible picture, which we're still living through at the moment, of how the state is ultimately not serving the interests of the people it's supposed to serve, but bows under the pressure of those who have enough financial influence to determine the state's focus. And ultimately, this is a bigger problem that we all have to turn our attention to and solve. What are your thoughts? What does the 10-year commemoration of Marikana mean to you? Comment down below. Do you agree? Do you disagree? You know the SMWX comment section is always, is always fascinating. As we like to say, it's more interesting than reading a newspaper, just reading the comments on SMWX. So I'd be very interested to hear your thoughts on Marikana and your thoughts on my take. By the way, we've also set up my producer, uh, Tola Nang. Um, shout out to her. She also edits these videos. Finally convinced me to set up a TikTok platform. So yeah, you can find SMWX on TikTok. Go over there um, and check out some of the videos that are already doing very well. Um, like, share, subscribe. Thank you for coming back to watch SMWX. Let's keep the conversation going. Spread this to your friends, family, spread the fire, and come back soon. See you at the next one. Aye. The Seaswear Mofu Welsh Experience Podcast. Aye. Aye. Aye.